0: Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, our special guest is the governor of the great state of Alabama, K.I.B. Also, the V Team takes a look at an evening meeting before the insurrection. And Congressman Mo Brooks said his fiery speech before they stormed the Capitol is helping him in the polls. Dead Man Walking. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to The Voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist at APR. Hey oh. y'all. Hey. How's it going, guys? Going good, going good. Uh, this past week, or the last two weeks actually, Josh, Uh, Congressman Mo Brooks has been on the magical mystery tour, trying to rehabilitate himself. It's a mystery that he's even trying, and it's it's magical that he thinks he can get by with saying what he said on January 6th and not being accused of inciting sedition or inciting a riot or something, right? I mean, how do you impeach the president and then not hold Brooks accountable?
1: Yeah, I don't really understand that either. You know, he's tried to go to this thing that, uh, you know, where he, he spoke way early in the event, which, you know, I, I don't know how early you have to be to keep from, you know, avoiding the inciting the riot charges when you're screaming to kick somebody's ass. Uh, but, you know, that's, uh, that's Mo. Uh, and, and he, well, I'll tell you this, uh, uh, the evidence of guilt is how fast he's running from things. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, because Mo has said a lot of really stupid things over the years and he's never run from any of it. But the fact that he's running from this knows how badly he screwed up, how badly it went for him, how badly it looks. And and he can say all he wants to about poll numbers, whatever else, it doesn't make any difference because uh, he knows what he's done here. And
0: Susan, uh, the polls that he cites, he is up in the polls. And I've talked to several Republicans who say that among a certain segment of the Republican base, Mo Brooks is more popular than ever because they still believe the election was stolen. And the thing is, is they think he was speaking up, uh, but we know he's under investigation, as are several Republicans on that day. But Susan, he gave a speech the other week uh, in which he tried to explain it away again.
2: Yes, he did. And it, I'm not surprised that he's up in the polls. I mean, it, it's this craziness has gotten to you know, prepare, propelling degrees. I know in one of the speeches before the Capitol Seize, he said a debate about vote fraud and election theft that in turn was supposed to help America propel to make changes necessary to have a more honest and accurate election system.
0: Yeah, he said it was about Mm -hmm. better elections, right? Right, and that's not what it was about at all. No, not what it was about at all. I was shocked, though, Josh, at at that speech in in Priceville. Uh, Number one, he had... uh, he had a bunch of people there Barry Moore was there uh, several state lawmakers were there and also Ed Henry former lawmaker former former felon Pardon that, that by he, Trump. he had been part of my trial but I was surprised to see Stan McDonald was there because Stan McDonald is one of the ethics commissioners he stands to judge other politicos accused of wrongdoing and here he is speaking at a partisan event. Well, doesn't that say
1: everything about uh, about Alabama and ethics and government uh, when you have one of the guys on the ethics commission standing up there next to the former felon that was just recently pardoned by the president after admitting guilt to a felony and uh, at a partisan event where I, I mean, look, it's a perfect Alabama. If you want to know what's wrong with Alabama, you want to know why we why we stay behind all the way, all the time. This is it. This is the reason why. This is the reason why we stay behind. Because this is these are the people you elect. You've got Mo Brooks out front on rank, name recognition alone over nonsense. And so you know this is why we are where we are.
0: Well, it's just a tragedy that people don't see it. I mean, the thing is, Susan, that there is a, a, a base that thinks that Mo Brooks is a hero. Mm-hmm. They deny climate change. They deny. They deny, they deny, and so he becomes a hero for getting up and saying that, you know, rocks falling into the ocean causes climate change, and, he, and he's considered a hero for actually standing up and and lying about an election repeatedly.
2: Yes, and, and like I said before, it's not surprising. There is a base in, in Alabama, it's very thick that, you know, in, in number that think that these things are true, and a lot of them don't bother to do the scientific research behind it to figure out they just like to follow the leader
1: and let them talk. Well, I think they're picking wow. other ways. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, really, it's it's honestly, it's it's a travesty what what's taking place here. There are good, smart, conservative people that are out there, okay? I disagree okay. with them uh, a lot on most policy issues, but there are people who take this seriously and try to do a good job out there, and, and you
0: keep skipping over them for clowns. One of the things we've heard, we've only got about a, less than a minute here, is that these these conservative uh, Republicans that are not out there on the fringes are worried about the party in Alabama. Mm-hmm. They're worried about that the far right is taking over, Susan. Mm-hmm. And this truly bothers our business entities.
2: It does, because a lot of these people are not <coughs> concerned necessarily about business, but they need to be. Because if you've got crazies like Mo Brooks... And Barry Moore and Tommy Tuberville out there representing us. Why would businesses want to come to Alabama? Why would they want to bring, why would people want to move their employees, families to Alabama if this is the kind of people that represent Alabama?
0: Well, I talked to someone the other day who said, you know, they, they were thinking about coming to Alabama and then they thought about their children and what, what could happen, uh, you know, and their children not be protected and they think maybe not. But we're gonna have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Coming up next, Governor Kay Ivey.
3: So you got caught speeding. But this time, you got more than a ticket.
4: What are you in for?
3: Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Your career isn't a
2: job, it's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now. Then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com. Welcome
0: back to The Voice of Alabama Politics. Our very special guest today, is the governor of the great state of Alabama, Kay Ivey. Welcome,
4: Governor. Thank you so much, Bill and Susan. Glad to be with you and your viewers. We are absolutely uh, delighted to have you with us.
0: We are just a few days before your State of the State on Tuesday. And because of social distancing and uh, the results of the coronavirus, Uh, it's going to be a little different this year can you explain to our viewers how the state of the state will be conducted this year
4: but it will be very different just like 2020 has been an extraordinary different year from anything in recent memory um i will deliver the state of the state uh, from a place here in the capitol the capitol is empty legislators will be gathered in the um their respective chambers socially distancing watching the state of the state. And, uh, you know, normally, I mean, we were in the um, old house chamber and legislators and the judiciary and the cabinet offices and constitutional offices. But this year, I'm gonna do it live on television at 6.30 Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night and look forward to everybody staying tuned.
0: Well, Susan was saying before we started taping that she's gonna so miss not being there in person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. We've never missed one yet. But we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, There are a lot of opportunities and a lot of challenges that are facing our state. Uh, I know you will address many of those in the state of the state. Could you give us a brief preview of of what is on your mind and in your heart and in your thoughts uh, about moving the state forward?
4: Bill, last month, though. In my health order, I included uh, three provisions that are clearly the prerogative of the legislature to finalize. So those are going; those three bills are going to be the high priority to get introduced and passed in the first uh, two weeks of this legislative session. And as soon as these three bills are passed and sent over to me, I will certainly sign them without hesitation. The first one is... Um, the um, economic development incentive package that uh, Representative Bill Poole and Senator Greg Reed have been working diligently with Secretary Canfield to finalize for us. And this uh, provides in economic incentives for companies that are looking to do business or expanding here in our great state. So we definitely need the economic development package passed with priority. The other bill is um, to have uh, certain businesses in the medical community, uh, or anybody who's received funds from the CARES Act, to not pay a one, not pay a dime on income tax to the state, because this is the people's money. It's not to build up the state coffers. Right. That bill will be introduced in the House and start there with my Representative Danny Garrett. And the third um, bill is the business liability protection bill. It will start in the Senate with some to offer or, and um, this protects businesses, the medical community from frivolous lawsuits related to COVID-19. So these are three important priority bills that the legislature I hope will address straight up, get passed, send them to me and let me sign them. And then from there, we'll go take some other topics that are of interest to everybody like broadband. Certainly we've discovered the need to Expand broadband in the great state. Uh, I think it was yesterday. CSpire announced a 500 million dollar investment to broaden footprint in Alabama for broadband, and that's a great help. But we've got to keep on working to get broadband access to all of our people across the state. And certainly in mental health, um, we've through last year's funding, we got enough money to uh open up um three crisis centers for people so that they can get relief and get evaluated from um, hospital uh, emergency rooms to in jails they'll have, have a better treatment place to go and so we're gonna get those up and running and we hope by may of 21 and um we're going to do our best to continue Governor Lurleen Wallace's uh, commitment to protecting the most vulnerable, vulnerable people among us, those who need mental health services. On um, infrastructure, um, we have invested millions of dollars in the Rebuild Alabama Act. That's paying off dividends, and we've got a lot of roads and bridges under construction now. We'll announce some more in the state of the state that's coming up. The the president, the Congress, are beginning to talk about the need to uh, improve infrastructure, and thank goodness uh, our leaders got us started on this uh, in in 2019. So we are a little ahead of the game there, but we'll keep working because our roads and bridges and the port are avenues for commerce throughout the whole state. And vaccine distribution. Um, my goal is to see that everybody who wants a vaccination can get a vaccination. talked to Dr. Harris this morning, and he's found a way that he's going to be able to uh, increase the uh, pool of those people who are eligible, including 65 years of age and up, teachers, grocery store workers, uh, and several other groups, and so uh, that'll start on the week of February 8. Right, pr- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's all right. Go ahead. I'm getting waves and winks from a lot of sources where I am. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, let
2: me move it forward, then, Governor. What are the next steps in getting safe and secure prisons? Where where are we in that process, and what do we got to do going forward? Do what now? The the prisons. Where are we in that, and what are the steps moving forward with?
4: your proposal on the leasing of the prisons? Well, the leasing negotiations are still on the way, even they're getting mighty close to being ready for me to sign them. I'm certainly ready to do that, but we've got to get it, be sure it's all right. I'm doing my best to be an honest broker for the people of Alabama, to be sure that we get the, the right prisons built the right way to serve our inmates and, and correctional officers, but also to start rehabilitation of our inmates rather than just warehousing. So we're making definite progress and just any day now i expect to be able to sign those leases
0: that's great news well it's been a problem for decades you've been the first governor that i can remember who has had the courage to take on such a tough issues and some people have been critics but it's always easy to be a critic when you're on the sideline when you're not in the middle of the game like you are governor and so you know it it matters that you're taking the lead on these things we wouldn't have infrastructure and we wouldn't have this prison proposal were it not for your leadership and i'm not shining your apple inappropriately it's just a fact
4: well thank you bill what i signed on to tackle some of the tough challenges the state's been facing for a number of years that have gone neglected it's just time to bite the bullet and get the job done so i'm proud to, to do this on behalf of the people of alabama well, as my wife often says, the best man for the job is a woman leading.
3: So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do would like to also c- take a second or a m- couple minutes to look at your gaming, gambling task force has been, uh, did an incredible review of the entire issue of gambling and gaming in the state. Could you share with our viewers what your takeaway is on that? and your thoughts on how we move forward. We have gambling in the state. It's just how do we, the taxpayers get money off of it and how do we
4: regulate it and make it safe? How do we move this forward? Well, the the, the um, Gambling Study Committee did a fine job of giving us the pros and the cons of expanding gambling in our great state. We've had 188 different bills introduced in the legislature in recent years on gambling and people have never had a, a voice in this though i'm not an out front advocate for gambling um, i do believe the people of alabama need the final say so that report has been well received i'm working with senator del marsh and others in the senate and the house on finalizing a draft uh, my staff is delivering a. a uh, summary of our recommendations back to the S- Senator tomorrow today and we'll keep working and get this thing right at the on the front end so that our people can be assured that uh, the gambling pr- uh, proposal on uh, the gambling um, if, it, if it's passed by the people of Alabama that they can be assured that it'll be run right certainly according to law and it'll certainly protect the people's rights to uh, get income from these gambling uh, enterprises. So we're definitely making progress, but it, it won't be just an overnight thing, because it, it's we've got to be deliberative about this that we will be. Right. right, And right. if I smell anything that, that something doesn't pass the smell test, I'll sure tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I was, I was curious, was that going to happen?
3: <laughs>
0: no one doubts that you're going to tell it like it is, Governor. Exactly. Before we wrap up, uh, are there any any things that you, you feel we need to uh, be made aware of before the state of the state? Things are on your heart today?
4: Well, last Monday morning, I toured the devastation site up at Fultondale and Center Point in Jefferson County. And y'all, that is devastation. I mean, I've seen a lot of results of storms and hurricanes but this is this is really tragic and we lost a young soul 14 years of age who was doing what he was supposed to do he was down in his yeah. uh, basement hunkered down but his whole house collapsed on him and his family and he was killed and several others were were, were injured so he's, there's been a tragic thing but uh in monday afternoon when i got back president biden called to express his condolences and offer any help the federal government could give so I just appreciate the fact that Alabamians rise to meet the occasion when our neighbors are in need. And as I told the folks when I was up there, if anybody who can give to the governor's uh, emergency relief fund, all those monies go to help the people like in Fultondale and point uh, rebuild their lives. So recovery is underway. The neighbors are helping neighbors up there. And it's really refreshing to see how everybody's pitching in and helping
0: out. Well, Governor, we, uh, we we saw the footage of you covering that, and we appreciate your concern for all Alabamians. And we thank you for your leadership and thank you for joining us here today.
4: Well, thank you so much. Y'all have a great day and a good weekend. I'll see you next week at the State House. Uh, uh, all right, Governor,
0: Thank you so much. You're, what, you're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest has been Governor Kay Ivey. We'll be right
3: back. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation.
0: Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Josh and Susan, uh, this past week, Eddie Burke-Calter over at Alabama Political Reporter broke a story that on the night of of January 5th, the day before the insurrection Mm -hmm. at the Capitol, a group of individuals that included Tommy Tuberville Mm met to discuss something we don't know. Uh, There was the first report that they met at the White House and then the person, the the Trump appointee, uh, then later said it was at Trump's Washington Hotel. But that, Josh, it was a bunch of folks that met that evening, including the head of RAGA, the Tommy Tuberville, uh, the, the, the sons of Donald Trump, Mm-hmm. And uh, several other officials. This was posted on Facebook. Tommy Tuberville denied that he was there, and then we proved he was at least in the hotel. I mean, Josh, what do you make of this story? Well, first of all, I got to say that group of people I wouldn't let plan a fishing tournament.
1: Uh, but, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, Jesus. Think, think about that brain trust you're talking about there. Uh, but. Uh, you know, listen, again, I'm going to go back to the, to what I said about Mo Brooks on this, it, and, um, you know, look at how hard he's running from this, uh, you know, if there was nothing to it, if there was nothing going on here, there, everything was, oh, all, uh, all right, uh, I, I don't think Tommy Tupperwood would say anything, we know for a fact he was at the hotel, because there are pictures of him at the hotel, roaming around right, there right. with people, so, right. you know, uh, but it, man it is uh it was this reporting by eddie and uh and the way this has fallen out here uh there there are a lot of people trying to distance themselves from something that very obviously took place and there are people who are in the room that have
2: named everybody in the room yeah, it feels yeah. like you are kind of trying to do the hokey-pokey with this one. You put yeah. your right foot in the room, you take the right foot out of the room, you put your right foot in, yeah. shake it all about yeah. a little bit, you know. Yeah. I mean, now, seriously, hey, look, it it the guy was the head, room.
1: Hell, I didn't have any idea what was going
2: on in the room. Everybody would have believed that,
1: okay? <laughs> I would I mean, Yeah.
2: And, you know, I have to also wonder how much that meeting had with connection with the wrong number where Trump called uh, Tupperville during the insurrection.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Rudy, like, Rudy, how's it Rudy going down there, boys? Got called and left the wrong uh, on the wrong phone. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing to me is that the the way these people put it on Facebook, it's been reported by other news sources what was said, and the idea that is put forward is that they were there to help plan on how they were going to address uh, how to keep Trump in office. I mean, that was what they indicate the meeting was about. And so you have to ask the question, what were Don Jr. and Eric Trump, what were lawyers or, or uh, officials with Adam the administration? Adam Piper
2: was one of them. Adam
0: Piper was there. And Tommy Tuberville discussing at a meeting before the, the day dark day of insurrection at the Capitol. You have to, you, it doesn't take a genius to try to figure out what they're up to.
1: Yeah. But no, no, they were certainly, t- I mean, I think, I believe, my opinion is, is that they were there talking about what they were going to say to rile people up and apply pressure to Congress to change the, yeah. the outcome of the election. Uh, you know, I don't think that they were, they were in there saying, hey, and we need to send them through the back window on the Capitol and things like oh, that. No, 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 uh, no, no, but, no. you know, I do believe that uh, as an overview of this, they were there talking about
0: how the best way to rile people up hmm I well, would have to agree. And I think when, one of the things, there has been an investigation called for into that meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, national media has certainly picked it up, and it is gaining a lot of traction. There are folks that want to know what happened. I talked to some people uh, in D.C. over the last few days who have said, we want to get to the bottom of this. And one of the things that we're seeing, Susan, is that this is really... Republican and Democrat, they want to know because they are concerned about their country. They're not in. They're not. They don't care about party more than they care about the country. Now you wouldn't know that by hearing them speak in public, but there is genuinely a concern among Republicans and Democrats that anything un, that went wrong, they understand who was behind it.
2: We had an attempted insurrection. We need to find out the who's, the where's, the why's, and how's it happened. It, well, we definitely need an
1: investigation. I, I, I'll tell you this, though. Uh, I, I'm, I'm tired of giving the, the behind the scenes pass to Republicans on things. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, and I agree that they have. there are some behind the scenes things. you're, you're 100% right where they're talking about this. But it's time for a lot of those people to come out in public and say the things that they're saying in private and to stop this yeah. game that they're playing because yeah. the game that they're playing has led directly to what happened at that Capitol
0: and the people like
1: Marjorie Taylor Greene and others being in that party right
0: now. Right. D- it's a dangerous game. I do want to, uh, we've only uh, we've only got about 30 seconds. Josh, you wrote a piece this week that said we needed to honor our teachers <clears throat> and treat them like heroes mm-hmm. because they are on the front lines of this COVID outbreak. What do you say?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's 100% true. We have put teachers through hell over the last uh, year or so uh, here. Uh, and, and if you know a teacher, you know what, what that person has been through. Uh, you know what, how hard they've worked, how hard they've planned, how they've tried their best to care for everybody's kids out there, and to make sure they retain some knowledge over the course of this, you know, crazy last year. And the idea that that people are now vilifying them uh, it, is
0: reprehensible to me, and it should be to everybody. Mm-hmm. <coughs> we should all thank our teachers and be thankful that we have them. There.
2: Absolutely, and their hard work.
0: All right, you've been watching the V, the Voice of Alabama Politics. You watch us because we watch them.